Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Warren Wren, who's the CEO of Golden Minerals Corp. They're listed on the TSX, V, and also on the NYSE. They're hunting gold and silver, uh, exploring in Mexico, Argentina, and Nevada. The three core projects are Valardena, uh, Rodeo, and El Cueva. Um, El Cueva has um, been earned into by Barrick, who've stumped up a bit of uh, cash, um, bought some shares, and have promised to spend 10 million bucks over the next eight years to see what they've got. We'll leave uh, an, uh, pr- the problem of finding 30% of the funding going forward, but they've got a bit of time to work that out. In the meantime, they are sweating a rodeo off the back of a PA. They plan to get into production beginning of 2021 and use that money on a two-year life of mine to fund the development of Valardena. Um, let's see how they do. There are a few other projects worth talking about in the future, but for now, enjoy the podcast. Hello, Warren. How are you, sir? Doing well, Matthew. How, how about yourself? Not bad. Surviving. Surviving. We ordered a uh, barbecue over the weekend. It arrived. I'm very happy. This just, just made my day uh, whilst trapped at home. Um, so what about you? You're in Colorado? Yes, I'm, I'm in uh, Denver, Colorado. It's our, our home office. Um, yeah, we're, we're, the company is still uh, working from home for the most part, uh, coming into the office when it's possible. Colorado's just barely opening up again, but uh, we're making it. Good man, good man. Well, like, um, I appreciate your your making the time to come on the show, um, tell us your story. It's new to me and everyone watching this. So why don't we kick off with the compulsory one minute overview and then we'll pick it up from there. So we're, um, so we're an exploration stage uh, mining company. We're focused on gold and silver. Our main assets are in Mexico. Uh, we also have uh, substantial assets in, in Argentina. And we've recently picked up properties in Nevada. So our goal is to become a, a, a producer again. Uh, uh, we'll start small, obviously, uh, but to become a sustainable, profitable producer in within the next year. Our, our, we have a, a recent project that we put together uh, in Mexico that we can start production at, and uh, we feel it will be a, a very low risk, um, high profitable, uh, highly profitable operation producing gold uh, at an existing mill low capital startup, uh, good income, and that'll carry us on to get uh, some of our other properties in the pipeline up and running. Uh, so the focus will be Mexico, and from there we'll, we'll work on our other pipeline properties in uh, the US and in Argentina. Great, okay, so um, th- thanks for that. You, you do have quite a few moving parts in the sense you, you have a lot of properties, Mexico, Argentina, and, and US, uh, as I, I noted. So. I'm trying to understand what type of company are you. You describe yourself as an exploration uh, company, but you've recently just done a, a, an earn-in with Barrick as well on one of your properties. So how would you best categorize yourself and what's the business plan? Is You described it there as you know starting small and building up into kind of producer. So do you want to talk us through what, what was the game plan when you started this um, company or we started, you know, uh, just well, when you decided what it was that you wanted to be, and how do you think you're going to get there? Yeah, it, the history goes back a, a ways, back to uh, in in 2009, the, the company got started um, from uh, a previous public company, 
Um, and we started with exploration assets in Argentina, primarily a silver property, El Cavar. That's the one that's recently uh, been optioned out to Barrick. And uh, we're, we're very pleased to have Barrick in on that, uh, on that property. They see a lot of potential. Now, we had been doing exploration mostly on a small silver deposit there. They see a lot of potential for a large gold deposit. Um, to have them come in and, and do the exploration that the project uh, warrants is, is fantastic. Yeah. And that lets us focus uh, kind of spin away towards Mexico, where we acquired production staged assets uh, in 2010, um, pardon me, 11, um, where we acquired uh, two mills and a, a, a series of mines in the Velardania district. Um, when we acquired it, it was producing. And that was a deliberate uh, pivot from being totally focused on exploration to uh, moving towards production. Production companies get a uh, higher multiple of uh, you know, share price per, per net asset value. It, it's a much more sustainable uh, operation uh, business plan. And we felt that we could continue. We had some issues with that project, uh, mostly with the gold recovery. And so we shut down and, and we've looked at ways to get that started again. That's the, uh, the Velardania um, line itself. And recently we've come up with a plan that, that looks very uh, realistic using a bio-oxidation approach to get the gold credits. So that allows us to change from the exploration focus to the production focus and continue on with our plan to be sustainable. We'll, we'll come back to the, the barrack earn in, in, in a second if we may, but let, let's stick with uh, Velardania. Um, you picked that up in 2011. So between then and now, you've been, you, you said you've experienced a couple of um, issues, um, and, but you may have kind of cracked it with this bioxidation. So why did it take so long to kind of get to a solution which worked for that? So it's, it's been an interesting process. We had uh, two issues, basically. One was the gold recovery. The other was dilution. There are narrow veins and, and uh, um, mining is somewhat difficult and, and expensive. The, the price point's critical, but you also have to have the revenue from you know, the main parts, uh, the main uh, metals in the deposit. We are getting a good payable on the silver, a very poor payable on the gold. Uh, the recoveries are bad and, and, and the, the way we were able to sell the concentrates with the gold wasn't attractive to us. Um, so we, we shut down in uh, 2013 uh, in the falling metals price environment. Uh, we did some internal uh, additional exploration on some of the main systems, you know, increased the resource significantly, looked at uh, ways that we could improve on, on the recoveries um, without uh, a lot of success initially. So really it took uh, until the recognition of bio-oxidation as a viable process worldwide. Um, and, and frankly, uh, you know, one, one or two projects in particular that were very successful using that same technology you know, gave us the, the insight that we could use that for ourselves. So a combination between uh, developing technology worldwide, um, Udotech, uh, a company that actually had licensed the technology, has done a lot to improve the overall um, the overall workability of the bioxidation process and and that combination of factors led us to um, you know the aha moment where we could see that we could actually get the kind of recoveries that would make this project viable so that was uh, you know, a recent uh, report on on some studies that Udatech was doing for us in South Africa that we received in December of last year 
that led us to be able to redo the uh, the, the uh, PEA, the, the uh, preliminary economic analysis on the project using those recoveries. And we saw that we had a very, very interesting project with uh, NPV of uh, 85 million US uh, with a life of about 10 years um, and excellent, uh, you know, almost 2 million uh, silver cobalt ounces produced per year in a small mine, but very profitable mine. I'm most interested in, in the management team and trying to understand the, the, the kind of psyche, you know, the, the, you know, what type of people are they? Um, because, okay, so from 2013 until the kind of Eureka moment more recently on oxidization for um, that, that, that must have tested your patience and uh, you may have, may have despaired at, at, at moments. So how, how did you, as a small, you know, I'm looking at, looking at the charts here, you know, very small market cap company probably running on, on not a lot of cash. How did you, what was your thought process? Did, did the board just suddenly go, this is just never going to work, let's pack it in? Or how, what was the workaround? There, there were a couple of, um, you know, realizations along the way um, you know, with the board and the management. I joined the company as, as VP Exploration. I'm a geologist mm -hmm. by, by background. In 2012, mm -hmm. um, I didn't take over as president CEO until 2015. So the, the, the period from 2012 when I was with the company to 2015, uh, being run, the company was being run by the chairman. Um, he, a lot of experience in, in big copper projects. Um, you know, the company had um, you know, some, some difficulty adjusting to the size that we really were. Uh, it was an iterative process with the board realizing that we did have these um, issues with the recoverability of the gold. Uh, the initial um, thought process behind the Velardane acquisition was that we would be able to use a pressure oxidation system, uh, autoclave basically, to get the gold out. But the project wasn't quite big enough to support the capital required. So the iterative process of looking at what the cost was for the process that would work versus what we could do and what we could afford to do, what the market would allow us to do, um, was where we sort of had to wiggle in to uh, understand exactly you know, what were the possibilities. And that took some time. The, uh, the restart in 2015, based on the additional exploration uh, success, was based on uh, an understanding that some of the veins were, were had better metallurgy than others, um, but it wasn't significantly better enough to make it work. Um, so the, the, the process took some time to understand exactly how this would go. And the board is very supportive all the way through. They're very, very experienced board. Um, you know, uh, many of them have been CEOs of large mining companies in the past, uh, very supportive of our activities, but it, it takes time to go through and get the t sort of technical expertise, technical knowledge that you need to see exactly how this might work. Okay. With capital requirement. Okay. So, okay, that's helping. It's helping me because I saw. I noticed there's a kind of run up in the in the share price. Uh, you got to you got to dollar uh, by late you know 2016. Um, so people got excited again in 2016, and then since then it's been a steady decline down. So, I mean, do you think the market perceives you as well? Tenacious, fine, but it's it's you know, on someone else's dollar, you know, you've got to think thinking of the investors. So, are you are you better at solving problems than making money, or you know, are do you think you kind of see a way forward here to be through through this with, you know, all of the projects? I think that 
exactly what we've found and and what we've put out uh, in in the in the news flow this year shows that we have finally understood exactly how to go forward. Uh, we've solved the problem technically. We know how to make it work. We've solved with with the bioxidation for Velardenia, um, with the the the. Uh, mineability of the rodeo on a small basis to give us capital to get started on it. Um, and so, although it's taken time, you know, I think it's very clear, especially to me, very clear where, what the path is going forward, how, how, what moves we make. Um, and we frankly have, you know, the technical understanding now of both the rodeo and the Velardania projects to be able to move forward with confidence at low risk and with low capital to get cash flow finally back into the company. Well, I think that's great for new people coming in, but historic shareholders perhaps be less enamored with that description because you're going to have to go some here to kind of make people whole again, depending on what point they came in. Um, can I talk about Rodeo? Because I, I can, what struck me was the size. Now, you gave me some clues at the beginning, okay? It's, it's very, very small. You know, you know, and, and without the explanation, you know, I always question why, why would you bother? You know, it feels like kind of scraps, but what's your plan with it? The Rodeo, it's, it, if you look around the world, uh, you know, the, the spectrum of, of mining opportunities that we have available to us out there, and you look at something that, that is low cost and low capital to get started, but can make significant money relative to that capital amount invested, there's very few that are low risk. Rodeo is one, probably the best one I've seen, even though it's small, it can produce you know, 20,000 ounces gold payable a year for two years, a little bit over two years. But what that does to us at a cash cost of less than um, about $800 per ounce of gold, it gives us an, a, a very interesting cash flow over that period for less, um, less about a million and a half dollars invested, um, you know, half a million capital, some working cap, and then we start making a million bucks a month for the first two years. That's very significant for a company our size. So while it appears small, the risk is low, it's open pit mining, high grade, um, relatively high grade for open pit, three grams is, is a great grade for open pit, low strip, low, low waste to ore ratio. And we have the mill facility already built. So there's yeah. no risk on the process side. Um, the mining side can be by contract, very low cap, um, you know, we've got the, the agreements in place with the landowner. The only thing that we have yet to get uh, pinned down is a mining permit, which should be no problem, you know, other than the delays for the government given the COVID crisis in Mexico. Right. So you're, I guess you're saying because of the low capex permit, you're going to be financing that. So you're going to, you're happy to run off of a PEA. You don't need to go and raise some money elsewhere where they may demand maybe a feasibility or pre-feasibility study at the bare, bare minimum. So. How, how are you wrapping your head around saying PEA data is good enough for us to get going? It's low cost, high, high return. Let's go for it. Is that is that? No, good. We're going to de-risk it further. I don't think, and we probably will not publish uh, pre-fees, but we have already pre-fees st uh, style data behind us. Um, there's two points where, where I need to do a little bit more de-risking. Now, one, one is additional drilling, um, just to, to look at the details of the high-grade limits. So, you know, we have, we have good, good, good drill density. It's all indicated or better right now, but uh, we'd like a little bit more detail on okay. the limits of the high-grade. 
What do you, what do you know today about that ore body? Right, right now it's very well drilled off, um, you know, for, for this, for the PEA um, level and, and even for PFS, uh, you know, if, if we have a bit more, um, you know, additional testing on the metallurgy just to confirm more than, more than, you know, do, do additional study, confirm the existing results. You know, it's grind size dependent. We need a fine grind to get the gold recovery, um, but it's, it's very, you know, it's good recovery at plus 85% uh, of the gold recovery in a mill situation. We just want to make sure there's not a lot of variation in that. We want to make sure that the, the, the grade is exactly where we think it is just to minimize that risk. Um, and that will give us you know, pre-feasibility to feasibility style information, but we, will, we won't go to the expense and time of putting that report out because of the size of the deposit as long as we're convinced that the risk level is low enough that we can carry forward. And, and, and I am convinced of that. Okay. And how old are these mills? So the mill was, the mill was uh, built in uh, initially in, in 2000, the year 2000. Okay. Um, it was built uh, by Hecla Mining, um, then uh, purchased by uh, Monero William, which Gold Minerals now owns. And it's been leased back to Hecla here in uh, from 2016 on and they've, they've been producing they're producing right now well we shut down for a month uh, in April early May we'll start up again I think at the end of this week start processing so it's an excellent running condition right. um, using from the San Sebastian deposit of Hecla. and what, what are the terms of the arrangement with, with you and well when you get going so we own the mill we've yep. leased it out to yeah um, and then they give it back to us at the end of 2020. Uh, so then we own it. Do we have it completely for our use? Uh, there probably will be interest on Hecla's part in the future to process additional oxide ores from their San Sebastian deposit, which is also close by. But the Rodeo deposit gives us you know, our, our own production, better cash flow, better profitability from something that we're producing on our own. Okay. And so um, you talk about getting into production or mining uh, by early 2021. Um, what do you what are the things that you're doing between now and then? Um, and you know, how much money are you going to be spending doing those things? And at the end of it, what assurances, what assurances do you have about getting the permits that you need in place? Yeah, so uh, the, the, the cost of the drilling that we're going to do will be less than 150,000. There are short holes, uh, good drill contracts, low, low cost in Mexico for drilling. The metallurgical, additional metallurgical testing we'll do in-house. We have a, a complete lab of our own there. We have uh, the, the, the facilities located at our mills. Um, so that part is, is fairly straightforward and low cost, uh, less than $200,000 to get the additional technical information we need to de-risk the project, um, in my mind, you know, almost completely. So the, the main time uh, delay is getting the mining permit from the Mexican government. Uh, so it's about a four to six, um, well, it could be a four, four months to six month process to get the permit. Uh, they've been closed since uh, March at the Semernat office where you have to actually apply for the permit based on the COVID crisis. They should, uh, they open up today. We'll have our permit uh, application, which is ready to go. We'll, we'll, we'll submit that today or this week as soon as we can get an appointment with the guys. And uh, we expect to have the permit in hand this uh, early fall. Okay, and then so given that's the process, will you be going out to market to raise capital once you've got those permits in place to to kind of deal with whatever your plans are? We raised capital in in April, and yeah. we raised enough 
uh, along with the other monies that we got in from both the Barrett deal and money on hand to take us just about to production with Rodeo. So I think what our, our strategy will be, rather than going out to the markets for additional, we'll probably, once we have permits in hand, uh, we're ready to go, we'll just need a bit of working capital to, to get us over the hump until money's coming in from you know, selling Doré. Where's that, that where's that come from? Uh, there, there's a number of companies that are interested in, in loaning you know, debt capital on this sort of a project. Um, they've reviewed the data, they're very interested. Uh, you know, they, they see it as very low risk as well. Okay. And so even without okay. the, the PFS or FS type document, uh, there are companies willing to uh, go for you know two to four million in, in debt financing on this sort of a project. And which, is that more expensive money because there's less data and there's le you know in terms of the formal structure of pre-fees, feasibility, DFS, etc. Are they willing to take that risk but charge you for the pleasure? It's surprisingly inexpensive on, on, a, on an interest rate basis. And when you compare what, what the, uh, the cost of us going to market for capital is compared to this debt facility, um, this money is half or less as expensive as going to market. When you can when you consider the warrants and the fees involved in the public offering, yeah. So we're we're quite pleased with the possibilities that are out there, and I think it's going to work very well for us and for the shareholder. Okay, and I guess the cost of actually going through that um, study process as well, not not just in terms of cost, but time delays. Um, so it's it, it's you and the board are making risk assessments based on what what you know and is the path you've chosen. Okay, interesting. Um, can we go back to Valardena? Um, this is a slightly bigger project, obviously. It's, it's under 100 million bucks, NPV 8, I think you've gone with, have you? Yeah, it's 85. Yeah. yeah. How does that get financed? So, so that one needs about 10 million to, to, for a combination of building the bio-oxidation facility. It uh, costs about five to six. And then you need about uh, 4 million development capital. It's now the mine is built, we have the equipment, uh, we just need some additional underground development to have sustainable production from these veins, um, and we need to build the, the bioxidation facility. So that will mostly be able to be financed by the Rodeo uh, income. Uh, when you look at the cash flow from Rodeo, that gets us most of the way to where we need to go. Again, there'll probably be a small need for a, a working cap uh, when? loan or sort of other uh, you know, financing right at the point of, of coming into production. But we see it as very doable at those sorts of levels, given the 10-year life, projected life of the deposit, and it's open at depth too. It could go for longer. You know, it, it doesn't produce a large quantity, but it's quite profitable. And actually, the net, net of byproduct uh, uh, you know, credits, the silver is almost, uh, the silver gets produced almost for free. And it's about a million dollars, a million ounces of silver, uh, straight up a year, on this, which is not huge, but it's significant for the size company we are. Right. Okay. And then, and just again, joining all the all the all the um, pieces here. So if we then look at Alcavar with Barrick, what what are your obligations? In fact, if you just talk us through the the, the terms of that agreement with them first of all, and talk about you know the cash that's come in, you know and what they're obliged to do and what you indeed are obliged to do. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so the, the, the overall um, earn-in agreement, the option, uh, it gives, it gives Barrick eight years, up to eight years to uh, explore the property. And they, they pay all the costs over that period of time for the project. 
so that's that's a great help to us in that otherwise we're paying about uh, you know half a million dollars a year just to carry the project along without doing anything they have some minimum uh, work uh, requirements over that period of time you know the first two years are, are fairly light uh, where they just have to go in there and spend at least a half a million a year which is not much uh, but it, it's a commitment that you know means the project will move forward now, I know they'll move forward much faster than that, but they wanted the flexibility, so we allowed them that. But uh, so they'll, they'll spend uh, 10 million over the eight year period to earn in, and uh, over that period of time, they'll have to produce a pre-feasibility uh, study on the gold deposit uh, with at least 2 million gold equivalent ounces in it, which would be you know, a fantastic size for us, small for Barrett. They're looking for a plus 5 million ounce deposit, gold deposit. And they think they have you no know, good potential to find that. So they'll they'll do the uh, you know the exploration all on their own cost until that pre feasibility study is approved. At which point they could vest seventy percent, and we'd have thirty that we could continue to fund. You would have to continue to fund. Okay, you need to kind of keep yeah, pace. After, after the burn in, we'd have to fund the thirty. Um, so we got uh, you know we had a million dollar uh, cash investment uh, from Barrick into Golden Minerals at the time of of signing. Mm -hmm. Um, and we also have a, a uh, additional silver royalty on any production they have, sort of to comp compensate us for the deposit that we found, the silver deposit at Yacht Day, uh, for which we have the, the PEA published from 2018, uh, in addition to the 30%. And if we can't fund, we dilute out to a carried uh, net uh, royalty interest of percent and a half. So the, the, it's, it's, there's lots of bits and moving parts to your story. You've had to kind of piece it together over, over, over the years. And so you've got your small project financing your, your kind of, I guess, your key focus, which is uh, Val, Valdena, which you hope can come good. So you won't make money on Rodeo because that's going to go back straight back in the ground. Your project is a sort of a 88 Correct. Was it 88 million um, NPV? 85, 86. 85, yeah. yeah, yeah. NPV eight. Um, so that in itself is, you know, kind of, it's interesting. Um, you've got to see what Barrick does and how quickly they move, but you're not in control. They are in in, in that circumstance. But if they come good, it's it's really good for you guys. So do you do you feel that the market understands what it is that you're trying to do? Because as I say, I keep saying there's a lot of moving parts. They're, they're quite bitty. There's nothing so sort of significant that you're in control of. And do you think that's what you've been sort of um, punished for uh, in, in the marketplace, or is it a case of you haven't? been able to communicate how you were going to solve the problem with Valdena? I think there's there's certainly um, um, some wait and see attitude towards Valdena in that we've shut it down twice. Um, it, it's, you know, when you have a project that has had difficulties in the past, it's a challenge. Uh, the market sees it as more, more risky, you know, and so it's a matter of, I think, understanding, um, you know, and me communicating us communicating to the market that we actually do understand what we're doing now here, that we can move it from being a liability to being an asset that actually produces money. And I 100% agreed that these are not huge projects, but they're very significant for a 40 million market cap company uh, when you start putting them together. So the, the, the NPV at Rodeo, 22, 85 at low gold prices for Velardania. Um, you know, when you add in 
know, the value from potential value from uh, KVAR, Santa Maria. We have 168 million worth of NPV on PEAs on these four projects for a $40 million market cap company and their low capital and we can put them into production. Additionally, we have a nice pipeline of projects that have larger potential that we haven't been able to explore based on, on the cash that we have in hand and you know, the cost actually of, of moving or continuing to keep these other assets that aren't performing. So once Velardani and Rodeo are, are spinning off money, that we actually have the ability to go forward with our exploration plans for Yokivo in Mexico, district scale. Um, it's in the Sierras. It's a, it's a very interesting epithermal vein system. Um, you know, has has you know, very very good uh, high grade um, values in the veins at surface. Only a, a bit of a drilling program uh, 15 years ago that wasn't adequately financed. It really, you know, it's it's ripe for the plucking um, in a great part of Mexico. We have um, also a, a very interesting exploration play in Nevada that's just uh, north of the sleeper, old sleeper deposit. It's in one of the major gold belts, uh, has great evidence of uh, mineralization at the surface. We've done an initial small drill program that we're still digesting that we'll put out there here shortly. But these sorts of the projects that, that will continue to develop and push along are where ultimately the great value for the company will come. If not, you know, Barrick's discovery at uh, El Kevar, then Yokivo, then San Canyon. We have another excellent project in Argentina that I'm moving along. And I'm, I'm very confident that our pipeline will continue to produce interesting projects as we go forward. Right. I, I guess the thing that I would like to understand would, is, can you demonstrate to me how are you going to make money for shareholders? Because if I'm looking at, okay, Rodeo will finance Valardena, which will finance some exploration work on some large potential stuff. So it's all going back in the ground. Um, I, I do, and I'm not discounting the the um, barrack arrangement. I think that's, you know, that's great. I, I, I like those sorts of arrangements. Um, but how do you, what do you say to shareholders? You go, look, we're not, you know, the, you guys are all getting paid. These guys are waiting for you to make money so they, they can, you know, monetize their, their, their shares, hopefully, which are continue to appreciate, hopefully back to the 2016 you know, heights. Um, so how do you explain to shareholders that you are going to create value because these, these projects will cumulatively account for something rather than just plowing money straight back in the ground? Yeah, and, and, and the projects uh, produce more than their... Uh then the exploration projects will consume. Um, plus, you have to look at the fact that we're very undervalued relative to the value of these immediate production opportunities. So, uh, you know, on a valuation basis, uh, what we saw in, in 2014, for example, when we announced the restart of Velardania production, uh, our share price went from 50 cents to over a dollar in a day. You know, on that on that decision. Um, you know, I expect something of that order or something similar to that when we actually start producing money uh, from Rodeo, even if we're going to reinvest it because we're no longer going to the market for our R&D, for our exploration. So that's that's the pivot right there to become a production company, be valued as a production company and have a path forward for the long term. So I'm not talking two years for Velardania, I'm talking 10 years of production, sustainable production and more that would uh, lead to the sustainable uh, funding of these exploration projects, which will in, them, in and of themselves spin off uh, value 
either through uh, association with a large company such as Barrick, such as the KMAR example, or something that we could push forward ourselves if it were a bit smaller. Okay. So the, the, the key to, to the small market cap company, uh, as such as we are, in my, in my opinion, is you have to have projects that are of a size that you can move them forward yourselves, or you have to have a relationship with a company who can. You can't just have a, you know, a project that requires a $200 million capital investment uh, as a $40 million market cap company and think you're going to do something with it. You will not be able to. Okay. So it's a process. And I think uh, you know, a track record that we have you know, with the Barrick deal, with the uh, a deal with uh, Electrum Group before and the Mexico property uh, at Celaya here a few years back, you know, we can find these properties, we can move them forward, we can do it uh, in a way that will um, will benefit our shareholders over the long run. And there will be a, an immediate or fairly immediate uh, you know, share price uh, revaluation when we start producing gold. Okay. Do you think the market trusts you, given the last three and a half years' performance, to actually be able to deliver that? Because the decision-making to the market has been slow. You're, what, do you, what would you say to that? I think that we've demonstrated the progress based on you know, these increasingly interesting uh, evaluation PEAs that we're putting out there. That, that, that they're very well done PEAs. They're not, you know, you take a look at them and you see the level of detail in them. They're not a slapdash sort of PEA that the market often sees. These are ones that actually you can sink your teeth into and you say, well, these guys have actually put some thought into this and they know what they're doing. So yeah, I think so. I think the market is is listening to the story. Um, I think they they believe the story, and uh, I think we'll we'll prove to them that we can do this here going forward. Beautiful. So one more question. Um, I noticed in your um, 2020 catalyst, and it's been an unusual year. Obviously, everyone's been slightly disrupted, but you know it, it's in your presentation where we, we've, we've talked about the three projects, but you mentioned two others. You mentioned uh, Sand Canyon and Santa Maria. Um, why are you spending time on those? Santa Maria was, was um, an option that we saw that we had uh, the, our ability to get into production at very low capital cost while the Velardania mill was all still running for Hecla. So we were looking at that as something that we could put into place sooner than the Rodeo project. Um, in the end, it, it didn't look uh, as low risk as we would have liked. And we chose, we had an, uh, an agreement with a different company to buy it from us, to give us the cash to put into other projects. And I'm still looking at that option. Um, so it's it's a project that's it's very interesting, but it's a bit too small even for us. Um, and it would work well for a private Mexican company or for a smaller uh, junior micro um, that, that could actually go out there and for less than two million bucks um, have uh, just under a million ounce uh, silver stream on an annual basis for you know, five six years so it, it 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 looks insignificant but it's not you know it looks small but it's 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 a very interesting project in its own right but not for us more for someone else so we'll hang on to it until we can sell it or get value back you now we did invest you know some good money into it thinking it would be perhaps a little bit bigger perhaps a little bit easier to get started. Um, it's it's there, it's very solid, uh, just a little bit too small even even for our company. Okay, fantastic. Look, um, Warren, thank you so much. I mean, uh, we'd love hearing news stories all the time, so, so, do, so do the watchers, subscribers, followers um, here. Um, good luck with that, with that piecing together the 
the organic jigsaw puzzle which you are building. I uh, hope it goes well for you. Um, and do stay in touch. Let us know, you know as, as things progress, how things are going, please. Thank you, Matthew. It's been, been great talking to you about it. And, and I'd love to carry on with the conversation as we go forward. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.